Thank you for listening to the New Life Church podcast. If you need any information about our church or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at newlifekingman.com. We can be forgetful. Have you ever forgotten someone who's important to you? And it, now, you don't need to raise your hands in this, but anybody here ever forgotten an important birthday or anniversary? I said, you don't have to read your hand. I, I'll raise your hand. But we all know we amplify. Uh, or another important event, we do sometimes forget things, dates, and sometimes those who are most important to us. When I was pastoring years ago in the 80s, early 80s, in little town in Illinois, Sparta, Illinois, we were having a revival with a good friend of mine, Joe Weidinger, and after church, uh, a bunch of the people in the church, we, the only place open at night was Pizza Hut, and so a bunch of us would go to Pizza Hut afterwards, get pizza and, and talk and, and all that, and so I was supposed to take uh, my three-year-old daughter along with us, Laura, and so we get to Pizza Hut, and we're sitting around. We've ordered. We're telling stories, laughing, having a good time. And then all of a sudden, I get this horrible feeling, and I start looking around the table, and I notice somebody's missing. Laura, three years old. It's wintertime in Sparta. I picture her in my mind uh, walking down the streets with tears freezing on her cheeks, you know, crying out, Daddy, that, you know, that. And so... I got on the phone and, and called the couple that uh, had locked up the church, uh, Jimmy and Nellie Britt, and I said, hey guys, uh, have you seen Laura? And they laughed and said, yeah, we, she was there, and so we brought her home. They had kids the same age around, and so she said, they're, they're just playing and having a good time. Laura never even knew I forgot her, <laughs> thankfully. But there are times where we forget even those that are most important to us. And this is why Jesus tells us, uh, remember me. Communion is a time uh, to remember what he's done for us. Uh, almost every time I receive communion, I choke up. Uh, I tear up. And I, I am not saying this is because I'm so spiritual. I if you don't uh, choke up or tear up every time you receive communion, this doesn't mean that you're less spiritual. Some of us are just, you know, the way we process and express emotions are different. So uh, you don't have to feel condemned if you don't cry uh, when we receive communion. But almost every time I do, I, it is an emotional time for me because I do remember. I remember how messed up I was when I got saved. Uh, a lot of time has passed since then. Over four and a half decades have passed, but I remember the impact of, of that moment when I gave my life to Jesus. I remember uh, the pastor who witnessed to me and, and won me to Jesus was named Ron Jones, and he described me uh, when I, just before I got saved as a long-haired, demon-possessed hippie. And it was a fairly accurate description. But you know, I got saved. I got set free. And so I remember today what he's done for me. 
this morning, you and I, as we are receiving communion, we are remembering what He did for us. Every one of us has our own story about what He's done, and not just in saving us, but since we got saved. He's too good not to believe, as we sang. Isn't that true? Uh, and so we remember. Communion's a time for us to let Him know that we remember and how much He means to us. David was known as a man after God's own heart. Uh, he was really exceptional at showing God how he felt, wasn't he? All we have to do is read through the Psalms in Psalm uh, 34, verse 1 and 2. Uh, if you could help me out, but for some reason this is not working on my end. Psalm 34, 1 and 2 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. And then in Psalm 42, verse 1 and 2, As the deer pants after the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. And all through the Psalms, as David is writing, we kind of get the feeling, don't we, that he's into God. And he was good at showing God how much he meant to him. Uh, there was a time where he was bringing the Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem. This Ark of the Covenant was where God manifested his presence. And David uh, was overcome with emotion. And as he brings the Ark in and people are rejoicing, David starts dancing through the streets of Jerusalem, whirling and dancing. And, and so he was so good at showing God how he felt about him. And sometimes I look at me and myself, and I really do wonder how good I am at showing God how I feel about Him. I can tell you this, I sure can't dance. Never could. Uh, uh, before I got saved and went to dances, I'll, I'll, I like to slow dance, uh, but I, I just didn't have the moves. And even in church, you know, in Africa, everybody dances in Africa in worship. And I, they've got the step that they do. And I, what can I say? I never could get the step right. I'd, I'd be two-stepping to their one step or something. And it always just looked at, they didn't care and, and all. But, you know, and so, you know, I just am not good at dancing. I just not. So I can move around a little bit, but that's, that's about it. And so sometimes I wonder how good I am at showing God how I feel about it. You ever feel that way? Uh, you read some of the Psalms and what David says, and you think, God, I don't know if I'm that eloquent. Uh, and I know this is not that great of an ambition to make to you this morning, but sometimes I, I am, I think, kind of blasé about my life with God. Now, I really am into him, but sometimes I do just, my feelings, feeling factor is just kind of blah. And I hate that feeling. Uh, I don't like to feel that way. I don't want to give God the feeling, well, he's just not that into you. And so, there's something that you and I can do this morning about blah love. And the reason why I'm talking about this is because I know that all of us at times 
uh, may not be all that uh, enthusiastic or we may feel that we fall short of telling God how we feel about Him, uh, there is something we can do about blah love. And it's found in Revelation chapter 2, verse 4 and 5. Uh, Jesus is speaking to the church in Ephesus and they, if you'll read later, you can read in Revelation 2, they did so many things good. They were working for God. They were uh, discerning. There were so many things they did good. But then he talks to them in verse 4 and 5, and he says, Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. The cure this morning, what, and he talks about several other things, but the first thing he talks about as far as being the cure for blah love, as I call it, is to remember. And this is what communion is all about, showing Jesus that we remember. Uh, recently, I've just like within uh, the last week or so, I was in morning prayer, and I was feeling not that enthused, and I uh, you know, I probably was just tired, you know, it was early-ish in the morning, and so I uh, was kind of distracted, and then finally I stopped, and I just told the Lord, I said, I'm sorry that I'm like this. I'm sorry that I'm not expressing more enthusiasm, and I, re I, I recalled uh, this portion of Scripture about remembering, remembering, uh, your first love and remember. And so I began to go back in my memory and remembered several specific events that led up to my getting saved. And I kind of played those out in the theater of my mind. And then I began to think about and remember the several days after I gave my life to Christ and what a difference Jesus had made in me. And I began to play these scenes out, specific remembrance. And you know, as I did that, that whole unenthused, that whole uh, feeling of blah, left, and I was uh, thanking God. Why? Because I remembered. And I want to encourage us this morning to remember. That's what communion is about, is about looking back and remembering what Jesus has done for us. The, the bread that is broken is reminding us of his body that was broken for us so that we could be put back together. His uh, blood was shed and the juice is a symbol of his blood that was poured out so that we could have every one of our sins forgiven. And so today we remember, I want you to tell yourself out loud right now, I remember. Communion is looking back. So we, first of all, we look back, but then also communion is looking forward. In 1 Corinthians, the last verse that we read in our opening text this morning, it says, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. So the Bible tells us that we are to remember what Jesus did for us, but it also tells us to remember he's coming back for us. I just got a rush. I had to, I had to revel in the moment there for him. He's coming back for us. 
and we are to be expectant and looking forward to His return. 2 Peter 3, 12 and 13 says, looking forward to the day of God and hurrying it along, on that day He will set the heavens on fire and the elements will melt away in the flames. Intense, huh? But we are looking forward to the new heavens and the new earth. He has promised a world filled with God's righteousness. Now, the early church experienced some bad times. They were uh, uh, experiencing incredible persecution. Many of these early believers uh, were killed for their faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, There were times where a number of them went through some extreme financial hardship, and the message of Jesus' coming gave them something to look forward to. And this morning, I want to remind every one of us that you and I have something to look forward to. Life is a whole lot more enjoyable when we have something to look forward to. When I was a kid, I looked forward to Christmas all year. And in the uh, several months before Christmas, the anticipation built. Me and my two older sisters, we would get so excited and uh, my parents would be uh, uh, out buying stuff. And, you know, we weren't really, we weren't spoiled as kids. We were taught work ethic and we were taught to do uh, uh, chores and stuff like that. But during Christmas time, my parents really did pull out the stops, and they would uh, just, it was incredible. And so me and my sisters at Christmas, we'd be so anxious, looking forward and anticipating, and then Christmas morning would come, we'd be up at four o'clock in the morning, and my parents, we'd wake them up, my mom would wake up easy, my dad, we'd have to, you know, he'd slept heavy, we'd get him up and we'd go in, and it was such an incredible experience, Christmas, we anticipated it. For a long time before it, a lot of the enjoyment of Christmas was not just the experience, but what led up to it, the anticipation. And I want to encourage us this morning, because there's so much weird junk going on in the world today, I want to encourage us as believers in Jesus Christ, we are, aren't we? I want to encourage us today that we all have something incredible to look forward to. You know, Christmas, we were never disappointed. Me and my sisters, we were never disappointed. Can I tell you something about Jesus coming back? We're not going to be disappointed. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 7, it says, now you have received or you have every spiritual gift you need as you eagerly wait for the return of our Lord Jesus. We need that anticipation. We ought to be eagerly awaiting that at any moment He may come back. This isn't all there is. Now let me say that again. This isn't all there is. This isn't even close to all there is. There is a day that's coming when Jesus receives us to Himself, uh, and all this is going to be a distant memory. And we ought to anticipate 
His return, our strength and encouragement comes from knowing that Jesus is coming back. In 1 Thessalonians, it's one of the, the great uh, portions of Scripture, chapter 4, about Jesus' return and the rapture. And he goes through and he talks about the Lord returning with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and the dead in Christ rising first, and then we which are alive and remain caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. And he goes through all of this, and then he concludes in verse 18 by saying, Therefore, comfort one another with these words. And this word comfort actually is stronger than what we uh, call or use the word comfort. It's not just a, an arm around the shoulder. It means strength. It means fortitude. It, mean, it brings endurance. Uh, and our strength, our encouragement, our comfort comes from an understanding that this isn't all there is. Uh, there's a whole lot more, and you and I are anticipating a whole lot more. Can somebody say, I do? I do. Our hope comes from anticipation of Jesus' return. In Titus chapter 2, verse 13, it says there is that word again, those two words, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. We need hope. We all need hope. Uh, anybody who's heard me preaching or doing anything in the last several years, my, uh, I used to joke with uh, uh, Pastor Howard, who's gone on. He, he's there now. And I used to, he would come into the office and he'd say, give me a word, Wilson, and I'd say, Peace. Peace used to be my word, and I would, you know, say it jokingly, but also I am pretty appreciative of the peace of God, aren't you? Yes. But in the last several years, another word that has become very real to me and that I've been holding on to and been strengthened by is that word hope. Hope, a confident expectation of good from God. And you and I this morning have a hope. And that hope is, this is not all there is. We're looking for something bigger, something better. The great uh, uh, and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our hope is, comes from knowing we're going somewhere better. Tell yourself it's going to be a whole lot better. Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 13, verse 13 again, says, Nevertheless, we, according to His promise, look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Righteousness. You know what righteousness is? It's rightness. Where things will be right. I like that. Because there is so much right now, right here in this world and in our lives and around us that is so wrong. Uh, pandemics are wrong. Sickness and disease is so wrong. Uh, 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 corrupt governments are so wrong. And I'm talking about worldwide. Uh, uh, there is so much 
wrong in this world. Things that are just not right. Abortion is so wrong. Uh, 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 child abuse is so wrong. Uh, human trafficking is so wrong. And we go on and on, there's so much in this world, and then more close to home, there are things uh, that are going on around us, and, and uh, maybe uh, financial struggles or difficulties. There are things or family uh, hardships and, and uh, stresses uh, in this life, but you know, uh, those things that are wrong are going to be made right. And we look forward to the day when uh, things are no longer wrong but they're right. Jesus is going to make everything right. Now tell yourself, it'll be right. The promise of Jesus' coming is to give us something to look forward to. We ought to look forward to His coming. We need to. Strength, hope, encouragement. Uh, you know, life becomes so much more enjoyable and endurable when we have something to look forward to. And listen, in a moment, everything's going to change. In a moment. 1 Corinthians 15, 51 through and 52 says, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Thank God for that. <laughs> in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. Now, this phrase in a moment that is used here uh, in verse 52 comes uh, from the Greek word uh, atomos. We get our word Adam from it. It literally means an uncut, indivisible moment of time. Now, I was thinking about this. You know, uh, seconds can be divided. You can have uh, a tenth of a second. You can even have a hundredth of a second. Listen, they can even have one billionth of a second or a nanosecond. But the Bible says when Jesus comes, uh, he's coming in a moment. And what that means is faster than a nanosecond. Instantaneously. When Jesus comes, listen, it's going to be the ultimate quantum leap. <laughs> quantum leap is a term that's used for the movement of electrons or atoms. And it's something that physicists say, you know, it can, uh, an atom can be here one moment and then boom, it's right over there. It's quantum Leap. It literally means significant advance. <laughs> I like that. There's a day that's coming when that last trump sounds, we're going to be caught up to be with the Lord. And guess what? It's going to be a significant advance. One moment we could be here and looking at bills or, or thinking about our rent or mortgage payment. Or looking at the news about a uh, uh, pandemic or all the other things that are going on. And we're concerned about things and happenings. 
in our life and in the world. And then, listen, in a moment. Faster. I mean, it's, you, faster isn't even the correct term. It's just one, we're here and then we have a significant advance. We're here and then we're there. One moment we're dealing with this and the next moment we're dealing with that. And so Jesus' coming is something we have to look forward to. I look forward to him coming, don't you? 1 Corinthians 11, verse 26, again says, For as often as you eat this bread, drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. We are meant to look back and remember what he's done for us. We're meant to look forward, look ahead, because he's coming back. And everything will be made right. I'm going to ask the ushers to go ahead and, and uh, prepare for communion. As they do that, I want them to, to go ahead and come forward and be ready to pass it out. But while they're doing that, I'd like for every other uh, head to be bowed and eye to be closed for a moment. We receive communion. If you're visiting with us here this morning, the only requirement uh, for receiving communion here at New Life Church is that you're born again, that you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And there may be those who have never accepted Christ in their life. Just hold for a moment before you start serving. And as heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if, you, if there's anyone here that you've never given your life to Christ, or maybe you at one time or another had, and you've just been away from Him, and you need Him in your heart and life, you need His forgiveness, listen, His blood was spilled for you. It was spilled for me. It was spilled for us. And this morning... He is here to bring forgiveness of every sin. His blood was shed for every sin. And as no one's looking around, if you just uh, indicate your desire for prayer, we're going to pray real quick before they pass out the cups. You just slip your hand up and say, would you remember me in prayer? I need prayer for forgiveness. God bless you. God bless you. Praise God. See these honest hearts and hands. God bless you. Amen. Praise God. God bless you. You can put your hand down. Amen. Anybody that hasn't yet, maybe you're just struggling, wrestling. I did the night that I got saved. God bless you. I see your hand. Amen. Praise God. We're going to pray a brief prayer of forgiveness right now. And as I say brief, it is effective. It is brief but effective because in a moment as we pray and ask for forgiveness, all sin is forgiven by the blood of Jesus. Let's just, if you just... Pray this, and everyone, would you just pray this prayer with me? Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I receive your forgiveness. I thank you for coming into my life, forgiving me all my sin, changing me, and preparing me for heaven. Thank you for your help here until I meet you there. I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Let's give the Lord a clap. Could you? Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Uh, they're going to serve communion. If you'll 
uh, if you've never received communion here, we have, uh, there's two cups, so be kind of careful because they may be a little sticky coming out. Uh, get the lower cup. Uh, the top cup is the juice. The lower cup has the piece of bread in it. And we'd ask that if you would just hold uh, the, the cups while everyone is being served, and then we will receive together. See, it's, uh, this, this is not ritual. And I think most of us sense that, don't we? It isn't ritual. Uh, it can be to some people, and I know that uh, throughout the world, uh, throughout the United States this morning, there are churches that will be meeting. There will be, no doubt, thousands upon thousands of people that receive communion, and it will be not very meaningful to some people because they may never have really even experienced salvation yet. And it may just be a ritual, just something that they do because they were raised a particular way or, or whatever. But today and in this place, and I'm not saying that we are better because we are no better than anybody. We just simply have gotten saved, right? And there are people who are receiving throughout that uh, understand the significance. We understand today the significance of what we are a part of. If there's uh, anyone who has not yet been served if you, that would like to be, if you'd raise your hand so we can see it, and we don't want to miss anybody today. Praise God. All right. If you would uh, just take the, the bread and hold it. Jesus had broken the bread, and he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, it tells us, by whose stripes you were healed. And his broken body was done so. The stripes were laid on Jesus' back for our healing, for our minds to be healed, for our emotions to be healed, for our bodies to be healed. And today, as we receive the bread together, I want to encourage all of us to receive it in faith for whatever need you have. If it's uh, 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 you've been struggling in your mind or in your emotions or you have something and it could be something as uh, uh, serious in your physical body or it could be just a headache that kind of comes goes or whatever maybe something that that may not feel like that big a deal and you go ah well i just you know just deal with it but today let's uh let's believe god together for it to really be dealt with can you say amen and so just as you hold the bread we're going to pray and then receive together in faith lord jesus thank you for the stripes that were laid on you so that we could be healed and today we proclaim, we declare healing over sick bodies, over minds that are troubled, over emotions uh, that have been frayed and that are uh, have been upended, God, that you would cause healing to flow today. By your stripes, we declare we were healed in your name, Jesus. And Jesus took the bread, broke it, and said, take eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Following the bread, Jesus took the cup 
And he said, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as, often as you drink it, do it in remembrance of me. And so today, we want to remind ourselves what he did for us, don't we? He forgave us of every sin. Isn't it isn't a wonderful thing to know that we don't have to live in condemnation? We should not live in condemnation. We have, we have not been condemned. Jesus doesn't condemn us. Uh, he forgives us. He has forgiven us. Thank God for that. His blood was shed. It was uh, the most significant event in human history, and we remember the blood of Jesus shed for us and then we look forward to when he's coming back today we are thanking God and we are individually every one of us remembering what Jesus did for us thank you Jesus let's just pray and then we'll receive together Jesus thank you Lord we do ask you to forgive us for the times that we have uh, maybe temporarily forgotten or just not held uh, in high esteem or as in high esteem as we should the shedding of your blood and today we thank you that your forgiveness has flowed to us thank you for the forgiveness of every sin thank you for the changing of our lives thank you for defeating guilt and condemnation and shame, Lord, that now we can live with a clean conscience because your blood was shed for our forgiveness. We receive your forgiveness. We receive the cleansing of your blood over our minds, our hearts, our lives, and we thank you for doing it for us. And I want you to tell yourself, you did it for me. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus took the cup blessed it and said, drink all of it in remembrance of me. Let's drink together. Praise God. Now, if you just put the cups down beside you there, let's stand to our feet. And I know it's still a little early, but let's make a little noise, would you? And thank God for what he's done. <clears throat> thank you, Jesus. We give you praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you did. Thank you, Lord, for the remembrance that's still fresh. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the hope of your coming. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you. Hallelujah. He's good, isn't he? Do we have a prayer team? Will the prayer team? Prayer team will be up here in the front if you'd like personal, individual prayer. God bless you. God love you. He's the Thank you for listening to the New Life Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.